Hey there, I'm Sarah Petty, the founder of Nourish and Connect and Power at Movement Co. And this is Nourish and Connect Diverse Dialogues. This podcast is a collaborative effort between myself, Angel Austin, and Christine Walker McSpadden. Here you'll find those messy conversations that connect the dots between fat liberation, body positivity, intuitive eating, and the reminder that we have this one life to live and you're the only one who has to live it in your body. This is only episode number two, but we're already diving right into talking about the joys and challenges of family and our holiday meals. If you are celebrating Thanksgiving or Christmas or any other holidays upcoming, this episode is for you if you've ever found it to be a challenge. And we're going to share our own heartfelt stories and experiences about the holidays, including what we're up to this year. And then we get to talk about pie. We spent 15 minutes talking about pie. So this might be my favorite episode for a while now because pie is one of my favorite things about the holidays. Thanks for spending time with us. Let's dive in. So we're talking about holidays coming up. People celebrate different holidays or don't their holidays, but in general, somebody is celebrating a holiday at some point in the near future, probably. So I feel like it's a good time of year to talk about things that can come up with holiday meals or even just like family gatherings and food talking about any past food trauma when it, as it relates to your family or people that you spend a lot of time with. And then also honoring cultural traditions with food around the holidays. If you have any like rituals or things that are especially important to you, how to honor that, um, especially if there's other medical needs that you're trying to honor as well, or the trauma stuff that you're trying to navigate. How do we like balance these things out? And I don't have any specific answers. So this is more of just like conversation and seeing what feels helpful. So definitely take what you need and leave the rest as per the usual. So let's start the conversation with talking about holiday meals and how they just feel in general in terms of feeling safe to be eating. Uh, Maybe any thoughts to come up around specific foods that you might associate with holidays? Um, I, I would have to say that historically holiday meals for me around family hit all of those soft spots in positive and negative, right? And neutral ways. You've got foods that you probably only eat at those holiday meals. Cause you know, I don't know, like my aunt, my aunt Janetta makes like this three bean salad, which I'm sure many people do, but we call it Aunt Janetta's bean salad and it's like specifically hers, or like Aunt Morna's rolls. But they all have these things that we have that are just at these events. And also we are surrounded by people that we may not always be surrounded by that tend to know our tender spots and we'll just sort of nitpick and say things and then we're also surrounded by people who don't have the same values for me i'm gonna i statement i'm surrounded by people who don't have the same values so navigating the layers of mm, family cultural foods this makes me feel connected in community with why did uncle so-and-so just have to make that stupid comment about whatever and why is my you know grandmother running around talking about how we need to watch what we put on our plate blah blah blah. so I know for me they're just like laden with layers of stuff and I have immense dread around the holiday times and family events I love that like oh, I love the Christmas season and all the things that come with it. But like, as I get closer, I can just like 
whoever say a, a thing that's really horrible and insensitive and aunt so-and-so talk about her new diet and all of that. So mm. I know for me, this is a very heavy time of year. And as an adult in my 40s, I can now make a lot more decisions to not go do those things. And I'm also known as the person who isn't going to let uncle so-and-so just say it. We're going to, people kind of know better. They tread a little bit lately if they don't want to have that conversation. So, <laughs> you know, so the privileges of age. That and just by, you know, saying something you've created in a soft type of boundary where it's like mm -hmm. allowed to know that you don't want to tolerate that. And it's not like a hard and fast rule because you can't control people, but it does, right. does help create the environment that makes you feel more comfortable, which is helpful and helps people think about what they're going to say, which is good too. Maybe, maybe, hopefully. Mm -hmm. hopefully. big maybe, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I have a very loud outspoken family. They're going to say what they're going to say. I'm sitting there thinking about my family and just, in general, like the holidays, and it's always been laden with so much anxiety and angst and frustration, exhaustion. I think that has some somewhat to do with the food, especially in these later years, but more so than just the dynamics, like y'all said before. My family is not terribly close, and I always have a sense of kind of underlying resentment that we don't talk regularly or like you know, throughout the year. And then we come together around the holidays to do this thing, you know, that we think we're supposed to do. I've grown to resent that um, as the years have gone on to the point to where I don't care if we do it or not. And before my mom passed, I was only doing it for her because I knew it was important to her. But a long time ago, I was ready to just ditch the whole thing. It's like, I don't talk to y'all. We don't have like a real relationship. Mm -hmm. Why are we playing around at the holidays, right? And then <laughs> my mom is hilarious. Like she was very particular about food and my aunt, her twin sister cannot cook. My oh, cousin, no. yeah, taught, my mom taught me to cook the way she likes food to taste, right? And so it became like this pull and tug because they thought I was trying to like usurp, you know, the turkey and dressing or something like that, which I really didn't care. I just wanted my mom to, you know, to be happy and to enjoy the food and my mom can cook. And so she, so funny looking back, she, she would have me make my food at home and then just bring her some and like they could eat whatever they wanted to eat, you know? So it'd be like dried out turkey and watery mac and cheese and y'all, y'all just have it. And she'd be like, I'm not eating that angel. I love you. Uh, and I love them, but I can't do that. And so that was stressful, right? So I'm cooking my whole meal at home, which we were going to eat anyway. And then I'm packing up food to bring to her and trying to stay out of their way, like hiding it in the back of the oven, like weird stuff like that. That's my family. That's what I think of when I think of holidays. Now that my mom has passed and there's so few of us, it's a crapshoot each year, you know, and I do have you know, dietary issues and restrictions that I have to like be mindful of. I don't tend to to do a lot of restricting around the holidays. I used to like in the height of my restricting and trying to lose weight, I was that person that would bring like a cooler with cucumbers and <laughs> dry chicken breast and 
<laughs> you know, it's like low carb everything and like sit in the corner and eat my stuff and look at everyone like, uh, you know, I'm superior and I'll, I'll never go that route again, never do that again. But the holidays are fraught with just stuff. And I do feel that anxiety. It's just like just a lot of things left unsaid all the time. And in the meantime, people are passing away and their families getting smaller and smaller. So there's this, this underlying grief, you know, that's affecting everyone that we can't really process together because we don't talk, you know? So it's like you said, it's layers of years, decades, lifetime of stuff that never gets addressed. I'm, I, every year I'm like, let's just do potluck. You know, let's just like everybody make something and bring it. And my aunt's like, I don't want turkey and dressing. I'm like, well, y'all eat turkey and dressing. Y'all eat whatever y'all want to eat. We'll just have a whole bunch of stuff. Everybody will figure it out because I can't do that. My mom, when she got sick years ago, I took over making everything. I mean, everything. Like all up all night by myself, cooking all the trimmings, fixings, all the sides, all the meats, everything. I just got to the place to where I get, I just gave it all up. And so now it's like, I don't even care. <laughs> it's like, y'all come. If you come, come. If you eat, eat. Bring something with you. I don't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. What you said about there being so much unprocessed grief mm-hmm. and that see this like pattern playing out where the family's getting smaller, there's yeah. unprocessed grief. And then people are still having these same behaviors or maybe like sick. Yes is saying kind of the same types of things over and over again year after year without any like real meaningful change or connection to me I feel like that's probably something a lot of people can connect to even if it's not grief that's not being processed it may Mm -hmm. be trauma that's not being processed it may be Mm -hmm. big arguments were never fully resolved it may be um you know some other kind of pain or like from in my family what I've always experienced like expectations unannounced uh, feeling like I'm having to perform when I show up at family gatherings and not really knowing exactly what it is that they're looking for, but just knowing that I have to like look like I'm doing well or they won't really acknowledge me like I kind of am invisible. <laughs> and I don't mind being invisible, but um, <laughs> many people can probably relate to this idea of like things happening over and over again and seeing that pattern and feeling like they're powerless to change it. Yeah. And then it's so easy to take that stress and try to alleviate it by controlling our experience with food. And that can like at the exact, like at the gathering, it can look like sitting in a corner and eating cucumber and chicken. It could look Mm -hmm. like a salad to this potluck because I got to make sure there's at least something healthy, quote unquote, that'll like make me feel less guilty about eating pecan Mm -hmm. pie or whatever, you know, not eating until Thanksgiving dinner, which might be at 3 PM or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, as you're like, well, I'm going to know I'm going to eat a lot. So might as well save room. And then you're like hungry and miserable. The yep. entire time and maybe not your best with your family. Because- I was very guilty of that one. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, we're already going to be angry and miserable. Why add hungry to that? And one thing I witnessed a lot with my family was um, like with more distant family was like commenting on the expectation of being uncomfortably full with like Thanksgiving, especially as like an inevitable outcome Mm -hmm. of this gathering. And I remember even as a child thinking that seems really weird to me that you'd like 
want to be uncomfortable on purpose and like every day. you had to reward yourself just because it's the holidays you have yeah, to because you're never gonna yeah. get it and except the rest and of the it's week. not even it's like foods that you don't like can't just bake again right, right? So like it's if about you eat like, turkey you can make a turkey whatever i used to like when i wanted because i love the i love more than turkey i love dressing like that's my favorite thanksgiving anything is dressing mac and cheese is cool all that stuff but the dressing because the way we make it is just so delicious. If I want that feel, I can make chicken and dressing anytime. Like I could just might get pieces of turkey or pieces of chicken. And it's the same concept. They could do it any time of the year that you want it, right? And not have to feel like it's something I have to like put to the side or forget about, you know, because, oh, it's bad. It's all those carbs or all that, you know, this or that. Or I can eat anytime I want. And I don't have to make a big pot of it either. I can make a little pan. And you know, none of that is- other family trauma comes with it. So it probably tastes yep. better. Yep. I know that's right. <laughs> that would require us to move away from all or nothing thinking and mm-hmm. not Thanksgiving food as only allowed to be had at yeah. Thanksgiving. You're supposed to eat as much as you can until you feel sick and you mm-hmm. eat all the things you're allowing yourself to have the rest of the year. We'd have mm-hmm. to move away from that kind of thinking to be able to yeah. The thing is, when you do eat to that point of being uncomfortably full, it doesn't even taste good. Like Mm -hmm. what? I don't know about y'all, but for me, when I'm starting to get food like full, food tastes different, and there is there is no enjoyment like left. Like it just you're just doing it. It's just an action that you're doing. You know what reminds me of? Have you ever been to a restaurant and you ate a lot? Like when you first got there, everybody's food was coming out, and you were looking at it. It was like, oh, that looks good. Oh, that Mm -hmm. looks good. And then after you eat, it's like, uh, oh, okay, you don't want to look anymore. at it, you don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but like we do it on purpose during holidays. Like you're right, yeah. Sarah, like it has to, it seems yeah. very silly. Yeah. It does seem silly. I do think though it's a valid coping tool because it's what we sure. hold is Absolutely. the all our stress. So if someone's listening and they like, they're like, oh yeah, that's me. I don't want you to feel like guilty or bad about it because We've all been there. Absolutely (laughs) valid coping technique. Yeah. And, um, but calling attention to it and noticing that it's happening and deciding, well, is this something that I want to continue to have happen to me? Or do I want to maybe explore some other coping tools or maybe rethink the thought process that's going through my mind as I'm eating Thanksgiving dinner, maybe slowing down a little bit and really enjoying it. Maybe not feeling like I have to clean my plate. Maybe not feeling like I have to eat every kind of food because aunt so-and-so made it and I'll hurt her feelings, but I really hate sweet potatoes so I don't want to eat sweet potato I love sweet potatoes but you know like some people are like oh, I know I was like wait a second people don't like sweet potatoes <laughs> some people don't I know some that's people, specific. but like eating something just to make someone else feel better or like yeah have the vibe like it doesn't have to be that way and it's really hard for people pleasers and it's really hard for people that really put holidays on a pedestal as like some sort of tangible graspable graspable thing that everybody wants the hallmark holiday yeah. Right. Like no matter how often we get proven to ourselves over and over that we do not have the Hallmark snow globe holiday. I actually don't know anybody who does. Even my dad and my stepmom who like literally created the Hallmark holiday. We had a bed and breakfast. It was this ridiculous event. There was like 17 Christmas trees. It was an, like, it was like what you think of, right? It still isn't that like, like the reality of it is never going to be that. Um, no matter how hard we try, but we tell ourselves every year, this is the year, this is the year that this is the year that it's going to be the Hallmark holiday and everything's going to look like a snow globe. 
and everybody's going to be so happy and we're all, you know, we're all going to wear holiday sweaters and love each other. And I know it, this is the year. And like, spoiler, it's not. We're it's not all like magically going to be different people. It's never Uncle like Joe's a... still going to be a butthead. It's never, never a snow globe in Texas. I know Angel does. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like what do y'all do there in Texas? Like, um, does it rain? Like a rain globe? I know, I'm in New York. It's been snowing since Halloween. We get sleep globe. Oh, sleep oh, globe. I guess a, a block of ice or something, maybe. Every now and then. That, is, that is honestly a much more honest, honest depiction of what the holidays yeah. Yeah. are. You know, I think so much, and now that I hear y'all say these things, so much of it is, is like that desire to have it be the ideal and so much escapism. And, and I know yes. right now in the world, it's like, I feel like I'm in the trenches. Like I see all the stuff that's happening. We all see what's happening in the world, but I have like intimate relationships with people that are really suffering a lot all the time. And I get, I just get angry with the, I, this ideal, even though I know people, they depend on it, right? They, so much of who they are is like just entrenched in this ideal of what the holiday should be. And they get excited for this time of year and they start decorating. I watch all the YouTube videos and I watch them and I'm like, I get it. You know, the food, you know, I, I, I think my foray into like, just not caring about that stuff was when I started making my mom, when I'm starting making turkeys and I made them upside down because I hate dry turkey breasts. And so I cook it till it just falls apart. And it's the ugliest turkey you've ever seen in the whole wide world. But you talk about a turkey that tastes good. You know what I'm saying? Like that's it's not that beautiful Christmas table. There's none of that. There was never any of that in my family, right? But I there there were some things that were ideal, like you said, getting together. Um, Sarah, even certain expectations around like what you're doing, you know, like checking in. I know people, you know, like if we're gonna get together in in the holidays, I want it to be just a little bit more than what we do you know that we've already done throughout the year like no no big deal right like we're just getting together to celebrate family to celebrate our love celebrate you know whatever we believe in if that's you know what it is to give gifts to each other that's you know that's fine but I just long for real connection you know like some authenticity in it yeah because then all those other issues like you're not so so anxious and so triggered and like Sarah said, you're not, you know, inclined to like, you know, use food in a way that doesn't make you feel good, you know. And I'm wondering you know, this year if it's going to be worse because it seems to be a lot going on yeah. in the world, for lack of a better way to put that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. people have very differing opinions on it. And I know for me, oh. I am I am actually choosing to abstain. Um, mm-hmm. I usually do. I don't usually do um thanksgiving holiday just mm-hmm. many reasons um and yeah. we are not christian so we don't do christmas mm-hmm. we do school. but i'm choosing to abstain from the family events because i don't know if i could do it this year i don't know if mm-hmm. i have it in me to like choke my way through the lack of authentic connection yep and eat dry mac and cheese at the same time <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, I maybe could do one or the other, or like, yeah. whatever it is my sister has decided to cook, like, wet zucchini. Like, I just don't yeah. think I could do both. I did that exact same thing in 2021. I was, like, so burnt out, and my mom's side of the family hosts what they call Hail Palooza. It's sort of a Christmas party slash family reunion. 
Um, my uncle hosts it every year. It's fabulous. They have themed napkins. The tables are decorated. The uh, my, my aunt, my husband, uncle's wife owns a gift shop. So she has all the cutesy Christmassy things. It's adorable. It's precious. It's also a lot of people. It's a lot of peopling. It's a lot of tell me about your life over and over again, or not tell me about your life. And I just have to like, kind of be there and look cute, you know, um, I couldn't do it in 2021. I was like, yeah, no. And they tried to talk me into coming and I felt bad, but I was like, I'm, I'm, my mental health is not doing well. And that wasn't a good enough excuse, but it had to be for me. (laughs) And then I went again the next year. I went last year and it was fine. Um, but taking breaks, I think is really good because then it's then you're opting out of it making it the same right. as it was before. Taking one break doesn't have to mean that you're committing to never going again. And I think that's something I'm working on understanding. Like just because this year I don't have it in me, that next year won't be the same or a different holiday won't be the same. That like we don't have to commit to just not going. You really Thank can you. make up your mind per event or per season. What y'all were saying before about, you know, hyping it up and, and having all these expectations for the event, it, it reminded me all of a sudden of how people treat weddings. And in a way, Christmas and Thanksgiving are almost like miniature weddings for a lot of people. They have to have the decor a certain way. The food has to be perfect. That's you know, how my dad and stepmom were. Yep. And there's nothing wrong with that. But in the same way that people get weird about weddings is, is the way people get weird about holidays or people have these unspoken expectations they get weird around the food. They may diet or try to contort their body or do a lot of exercise beforehand or afterwards, or, you know, feel like they have to have the perfect outfit. There's so many layers, right? And so if you're just know that that's, again, not unique to you. Everybody's experiencing it. But also if, if you've ever, you can opt out of the pressure of having a perfect wedding attendance situation and just like show up as yourself. You could also opt for that with holidays too. It may not be the most comfortable experience for you, depending on how receptive people around you are, or it may look like opting out completely so you can just be home alone and have some peace and quiet, which I'm a huge fan of. Um, But, you know, you could start to shift away from that in the same way a lot of people have shifted away from these big gargantuan weddings. I I think that concept is something that we talk a lot about, this underlying concept of being able to show up as you are, whether it be around holidays, people, food, movement, you know, whatever the case may be, just taking this autonomy, like seriously, you know, when we make that choice in maybe one area of our lives, a lot of times it can tend to spill over. And I think that's a good thing, you know, just to have a different perspective about things. It's hard, especially with family stuff, because you know, these are your people, right? And you love them and they have expectations of you, their pressure, you have lived history, family history, all these different things. But I I think this talk, I I think will be so helpful to just kind of like reframe your thought around how you show up and whether you want to show up and having hard conversations with people that you might piss off because you don't, or when you don't want to eat And also opting out of having those conversations. Yeah. You don't whatever gotta you need to do. Yeah, whatever doing whatever it is that you need to do for yourself to be okay yourself. Mm-hmm. And that's I've, an area, area, every area of your life in any way, shape, or form. I've primarily done a lot of opting out and just <laughs> and I'm okay with that. I, I do a lot of work online and with clients. I don't have to be that same energy or person with other people. Like it can't mm-hmm. be that time and it's okay. So especially for people that feel 
like they're constantly defending themselves Mm -hmm. or other types of people that they care about Um, while that is so important it's also okay to take a break if you need to just opt out for a little bit Mm -hmm. so that you continue to show up and not be resentful about it right yeah also, I think you brought up something important is like, like circling back around to the food because that's sort of you know where we start, or started or whatever. Um, is that I also think bringing your own food is for me it's essential, but like it's okay. Like for for Angel bringing that cooler of dried you know chicken breast and cucumbers was how you got through that holiday, and you got to, that that's how you got through it. And I think that bringing your own food to make sure that there's something that you can eat there or if it makes you feel safe or if it makes you feel some way is a really valid coping mechanism. Like I know for me, I, I can't eat 99% of what people have out at their food. So I would, if I did this stuff, I would have to choose a, to either not eat, which is fine or to bring my own food. And I think that that gives me some sort sense of like, safety almost like I don't have to worry about the rest of it and I don't have to defend my choice now obviously I have a chronic illness my family knows that they're not going to question me but also you don't have to answer any questions you can just be like this is what I brought this is what I'm eating or I you know bring it for everybody so I think bringing your own food even if it wasn't asked for required none of it is a really really valid coping mechanism and tool to get through that stuff yeah, yeah to share who you are also I mean it shares the food shares a part of who you are thank you for saying that um and yeah I was gonna tag along you kind of already introduced that side you have um I've I've often used holiday foods and preparing holiday foods myself as a way of healing my relationship with food because it allowed me to be creative um trying a new recipe expanding on an idea I tried the year before. So it's like their safety and like practicing the same thing over and over again. So for example, for me, I've learned how to make pie crust from scratch and I've made these delicious pies and it's something I look forward to every year. I always talk about the pies, but really all Thanksgiving food that I make, I'm like, Ooh, let me try it again, but a little bit better this time. And for me, it's a, an act of making sure there's something I actually enjoy at the table. Um, and also an opportunity to, prove to my brain that holiday food doesn't have to be something that I'm afraid of or that I'm avoiding, that I can be directly involved in it and it's okay and it's safe. And that may not be the case for everybody with all foods, obviously. But I think if there is an opportunity for for you, for people that are listening to find some sort of creativity or variety exploration, we talk a lot about that in the modules in Nourish and Connect, you can expand that into the holidays and maybe try bringing a new recipe or like experiment at home with something you've never made before or um, being willing to try something new that you previously were like not 100% sure about and that's a really great way you it's almost like the perfect time of year (laughs) to um, try some of these skills you've been practicing maybe in your everyday life right so it's it doesn't have to be a break from the norm it can be a continuation of what you've already been working on I know um so I don't cook I say that a lot. I'm very open about it. Um, but one of the things I had saw on some video a long time ago was somebody who made a pie crust out of like those canned cinnamon rolls, like the pop open, right? Like that's what they made their pie crust. And I was like, this is it. This is the time I'm going to do this. And it was a long time ago, but like 
I love that idea of, oh man, I saw this on TikTok or I saw this. This could be the time where I do that. And it doesn't have to be more than pre-made items that you all put together in a pan. Like my sister brings a seven layer dip with her when she goes places. It doesn't have to be more than that. So I love the idea of like something that you kind of watch all year. You're like, I could do that. I'm going to tell you the cinnamon rolls as a pie crust. I'm smiling because in our in in culture, I don't know if you ever seen these memes, but in African American culture, there's this thing that the holidays are the time that you do not try any new recipes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that's probably some white people logic. logic. <laughs> but it's so funny because we 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 do anyway. Like we always like my cousin and I. Well, my cousin is always feels kind of scared about making turkey. Um, I've tried to explain to her like really cool ways to do it. And each year she tries to do something different. I remember I made this delicious uh, sweet potato souffle with like whipped marshmallow. And oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm here for that. Everybody was just going crazy over it. It was so fun. I'd never done. My mom had a KitchenAid mixer. And so it whipped all the like the fibers out of the potato. And so all that was left was just like this delicious, creamy, buttery, marsh and the marshmallow made it kind of like light, you know, and fluffy. Um, so I love trying new things. I just, it's just funny when I heard Sarah say that, it's like, black folks are a trip. <laughs> no <laughs> new things. Well, there's like all no like things, things that we all like depend on, right? Like if my yeah. Aunt Orna's rolls are not at a family event, I'm going to be yeah. mad about it. Yeah. <laughs> like why didn't anybody make Aunt Orna's rolls? Mm -hmm. I can't be expected to do it. Somebody's yeah. got to do it. My yeah. sister knows they better show up. I love trying, like, uh, I know one year I made some green bean bundles with bacon, like uh, wrapped, bacon wrapped green beans. Um, your Thanksgiving. Yeah, like we, I mean, I love, because I love looking at, the, you know, YouTube and I used to be really into Pinterest, so like I would want to try all these different recipes. And you know, like we were saying earlier, these are things that, you know, if you want to practice, you know, you don't have to wait till the holidays. You can try these things, you know, throughout the whole year and see if you like it. Or if you, like Sarah makes a delicious pie, like, and you come to the house and you're like, I want to try that. You can make it anytime you want to, you know, like. And, and like, you, could, you don't need permission to bring no. something to an event. You just do it. No. Yeah. What are they going to say? No, I'm sorry. We don't want that pie yeah. here. I mean, that's a whole yeah. other issue. Some of the coolest stuff I've ever eaten was at places that I just kind of popped up at or like events I wasn't expecting. The best chili I ever had was at this weird cookie event I went to. And she used like actual chili meat. And it was like like chili like my grandma used to make. Like, you know, like just to be open to try new things, you know, and just take the take the limits off. You know, like Sarah said, like not having one dimensional, all or nothing thinking, you know, around food and what you can and cannot have. I mean, barring restrictions, obviously, you know, um, it's just so important. It just makes life so much less anxiety ridden. So the real question is. Do we like sweet potato, casserole souffle, whatever, with the marshmallows? Or do we like the streusel topping? Have you ever had a like maple, pecan, oat streusel yes. topping? I could not go back. It's not that I dislike the marshmallow one. 
is that mm-hmm. the streusel one is just so good <laughs> because it gives you a different texture. Yes, it's the texture and the brown sugar, the caramelization yeah. maple syrup in it. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. so good. I, however, will eat whichever one you put on the table. But so the, the marshmallow one, good. I don't like the I don't like the marshmallows on the top because I don't understand how that even supposed to be good. But when I make mine, I whip the marshmallows into the potatoes, so it's like a souffle. But I oh. bet that that streusel top, uh, sweet potatoes with the marshmallow. Oh, the best yeah, of so all, I guess we know what you're making. What's what what's what's in this top? It's o- uh, oats, pecans. Oh syrup brown sugar and then like butter you know, and yeah butter um i've done it different ways but i the first time mm-hmm. i tried it i was like i couldn't stop eating just like the crumble topping like by the yeah. food it's so good and it's like one of those things that gets better left over too yeah because like the sweet potato gets all thick it takes on all those flavors yeah i have to try that see i think i'm gonna have to do it's that so, and you can easily find a recipe and kind of like make it i've made it, it sounds kind of granola ish in a way it it kind of is, but because it's got the brown sugar and the butter and the oh. um, syrup, it's sweeter. It's not as like crunchy. It's like you know if you've ever had like a streusel topped I type thing. Oh, that sounds good. All right, so oh I have one final question: What mm-hmm. kind of pie? Oh, I make the pie holiday. I make them all. Which um, one do you have to eat? But my favorite is a bourbon maple pecan pie. Oh. Uh, <laughs> I like that. My husband's favorite pie is pecan pie, so I usually make a plain pecan. That's mine too. See, then I do the bourbon maple. Yeah. Um, and then we pie. It's either going to be pear or apple or a combination. And on that one, I usually spice it up a lot, so I'll put like cardamom, cinnamon, cloves, all of the oh, above. All right. And then I'll also do pumpkin because I really like pumpkin pie. And Obviously, it's not as sweet. It's like a lot of pumpkin and a lot of clove. Again, cardamom, ginger all of that and then a very simple crust so that's the simplest one it's not as sweet but then i always of course put whipped cream on it obviously obviously but yeah that's a ritual like if we if i i always make at least three pies and i already have requests for a couple extra so i'm going to be making pies for a few days i want some right now i would give it to you if you live in the same town as me i love pecan pie Pecan pie is my favorite. Now, I'm not really into the fruit pies, but oh, it's just a texture thing. But I have this idea about blending the fruit. You know what I mean? Like making like a fruit filling almost. Yeah. Than, a, than like, because then I can't really bite it, but I can still taste it. Yeah. And it, I guess it would be more like a cobbler then maybe, but I don't know. Oh, man. With some vanilla ice cream, like piping hot. Especially if you I, put like lattice crust on it, that'll give it some some body. Yeah, on yeah. top. Heck the yeah, is the best part. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, my spouse is known for their pie making, so we have pie all the like all the time. It's definitely not a novelty. Like we even have pie tattoos. Like that's how big it is in our house. Um, but for me, I love a mince pie, a vegan mince pie with the cranberries oh, and nuts. I've never had that. I didn't either till I got married. Well, now I want to try it. So it's, yeah. it's cranberries and what else? It's like a, a ton of different kinds of like fruit, berries, like goji berries. I don't know. I have to find it, but it's just it's like you have to make the filling ahead of time because it has to like sit and smush together. And it's incredible. It's like tart. It's not like it. terribly sweet. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's yeah, I don't do real pie. sweet. I like tart. Do you make blueberry pies? Uh, I don't think I ever have. I have done like a blackberry, I think, 
in the summer. Mm. Oh, and I made a peach pie because we went to the peach festival in July. Oh. And then I made a peach pie. That was yeah, cool. I live in, in grape area. So here it's we have the big grape fest and grape pies are like a thing where everybody right. smells, smells like Concords. Great. I've never heard such a thing as grape pie. I live on the Finger Lakes, which is big wine territory. Like uh-huh. massive wine territory. Yeah, and no. we are grapes galore and the Cornell um grape extension fields where they create new kinds of grapes is out here and there's a huge grape festival in naples it's like a big wow. deal around here yeah, so, so with grape the pie. pie is it like dehydrate kind of like a raisin no no it's almost like you would make blueberry or cherry oh. okay yeah definitely look up the grape pie wow I I, i'm just trying to like imagine that you know that's the texture. I can't imagine. Yeah, it. it's definitely like the darker. It's like the dark blue ones. Uh-huh. I mean, I guess you could probably do them with green, but I don't know. Like Concord grapes is the thing here. Yeah, there's some. You've got some good wineries around here, and again, we have Cornell, so we have all those like fancy mm-hmm. schmancy grapes. Yeah, that wow. Ivy League Cornell scientists make. Great pie. I gotta look that up when I get off here because I gotta see how that yep. looks. A good friend of ours works for the Cornell Extension and they're in charge of a lot of the grape stuff. So every harvest, we get these big buckets of grapes brought to our house. And our house smells like Concord grapes forever. Mm. 10 out of 10. Highly recommend. So fascinating. Well, thanks everybody for sharing yeah. your story, your pie preferences and your sweet potato. <laughs> At the end of the day, y'all just show up authentically as you can while protecting your safety. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's like literally all we can do. And yeah. it doesn't have to look the same way every time. And it doesn't have to be exactly what you intended. And it doesn't have to be perfect. You're going to make mistakes and that's okay. And so is everybody else there. They're all yeah. stressed out about it. Yeah, you're not alone. Put your Everybody's sweatpants scared. on, throw your Crocs on, bring your pie. And even by, by showing up as yourself, you might help right. you know, even members in your family learn how to do it. Like, you know what? Maybe I don't have to yeah. approach things this way. I don't have know? to wear uncomfy pants and eat dry turkey. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It gives, authenticity gives people permission to also be yes. Mm-hmm. And the best gift you can give, if you want to think about it, in the terms of giving yeah. for the holiday season, right, right, right. the gift of a grounded nervous system. So yeah. if you and you're trying to create safety for yourself that gives other people permission an example of what that could look like for them and maybe that is where the conversations start to happen where they weren't before that is where people start to have a little bit more compassion than they did before Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's what i went over with all of my clients today oh that's lovely how to have do that yeah that's their assignment for the week Mm. well thanks so much